This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. It's Zoomer Radio's Theater of the Mind with Frank Proctor. Open your mind as we fill your head with amazing thrills, chills, <laughs> and laughs. Theater of the Mind, the best love programs from radio's golden age, only on Zoomer Radio. Now, here is your master storyteller, Frank Proctor. Well, thank you, and welcome to the show. Two lengthy shows tonight, so it's no time to chatter. Let's get at her. Henry Aldridge is about to be summoned. Jello Puddings present... Henry! Henry Aldridge! Coming, Mother. The Aldridge Family, based on characters originated by Clifford Goldsmith and starring Ezra Stone as Henry with Jackie Kelk as Homer. Brought to you by Jell-O Puddings. Just a taste of Jell-O Puddings and believe me, you will know they are made by famous J-E-L-L-O. Yes, Jell-O Puddings, those old-time, all-time favorites you've always known and loved. All three so rich and distinctive, so creamy smooth, with an old-fashioned homemade goodness. There's Jell-O chocolate pudding, rich, dark, and luscious. There's buttery brown sugar butterscotch and creamy rich vanilla, a trio of treats. They're made with milk and nourishing. They cook to perfection in just about five minutes. And all three Jell-O puddings are so gloriously good, you'll say you never tasted anything better. Aldridge family. There's something about a teenage boy that makes all of us laugh and remember and live again the days of our youth. And if he's a typical teenager like Henry Aldrich, it's always a pleasure to join him in the joys and misadventures that were ours when we were young. It's evening. The scene is the Aldrich living room. Father, may I just point out one thing? What? It's only seven fifty. And do you realize how much a new suit of clothes would cost? You want a new suit of clothes? No, sir. I'd rather have a school ring. Henry, for the last time, I'm not buying you a school ring. Now, I'd like to read my paper. But, Father, everybody in school is getting one. All the kids I know just went home and asked for money, and their father said, Sure, gee whiz, you're welcome to it, and just forked over. I see. But I appreciate your being economical, Father. Gee, if you didn't pinch pennies around here, you wouldn't have any bank account at all. Well, I'm glad you realize that. You've built up quite a nice bank account that way, haven't you, Father? I have. So you really wouldn't miss seven fifty, would you? <laughs> Henry, if you think I'm going to hand over seven fifty for a ring that you wind up giving to some girl... Father, whatever gave you an idea like that? Gee, the rings are solid gold with our school crest on them in two colors. Why would I give a thing like that to a girl? I don't know, son, but we all do. You mean you once gave a ring to a girl? <laughs> Henry, I'm trying to read my paper. Oh. 
But, Father, I haven't told you why I really need it. You haven't? You see, the teachers all feel that we need something to keep up our morale. Just imagine you're sitting in history class, see, and you're bored stiff, and you just happen to glance down and at your ring, and it's got your good old school crest on it. And, boy, you want to stand up and cheer. That's very interesting. Go on. And then you think of how much Central High means to you, and it all comes back that you're there to get an education. Yes. So you pile into your history like a ton of bricks, and you wind up first in your class. Everybody winds up first? Oh, no, sir, just me. Oh. So can't I please have a school ring? No. Father, have you thought of this? Henry, have you thought of this? If I bought you that ring, you wouldn't have it a week before it would be lost. Lost, Father? Lost? How could I lose it when it's on my finger? What about that fountain pen I bought you last month? You wanted to know how you could lose that when it was clipped to your jacket. Well, I didn't lose that pen, Father. No? I just lost the jacket. <laughs> I see. And I couldn't very well lose my finger. Henry, I'm not going to argue. The point is, until your memory improves, I'm not buying you another thing. Oh, my memory, Father. Is that all that's worrying you? Is that all? Henry, do you realize how important memory is? Sure, Father. And from now on, you're going to see a big change in me. Good. Boy, I'm going to remember every single thing I can lay my mind on. For instance, do you know what year the Battle of Waterloo was fought? What year? I'll go and look it up. <laughs> You wait there, Father, and I'll... Henry, look out. Gee, I'm sorry, Mother. Did I knock you over? Not quite. My goodness, Sam, what's he so excited about? Alice, I'm supposed to be a good lawyer, but I'd hate to come up against Henry in court. He does have a way with him, doesn't he? He does indeed. It's about that school ring. Sam, why don't you get it for him? I am going to get it for him for a Christmas present. Oh, but I'm not sure I'll be able to hold out that long. May I have the toast, please, Mother? Yes, dear. Some more coffee, Sam? Just half a cup, please. Why isn't Henry down for breakfast? He'll be right down. My, isn't this a lovely morning? Mother, is there anything we can do about Henry this evening? How do you mean, dear? Well, with Joe Graham coming and everything, I don't want Henry coaxing for that ring all through dinner. Joe will think we haven't got a cent. Well, if Joe's interested only in your money, you might as well find it out right now. Oh, Father. Anyway, Mary, about that ring, your father's decided... Uh, Alice. What, dear? Uh, Mary, will you uh, please run out to the kitchen and fry me another egg? All right, Father. Sam, what's the matter? I don't want Mary to know I'm getting Henry that ring. Be sure to let the cat out of the bag. Yes, dear, perhaps you're right. My, I can't wait to see Henry's face on Christmas morning. The only thing is, have you any idea how we can get his finger size? Sam, I thought you were going to measure his finger last night when he was asleep. I did, but something went wrong. What happened, dear? Well, I got the string nicely knotted around his finger, and just as I went to cut it, he rolled over. On the scissors? No, Alice, on the string. His hand disappeared under his chest someplace, and every time I tried to get it, he just giggled. Sam. What? Here he comes. Oh. Alice, this is a grand breakfast. Good morning, Mother. Good morning, dear. Good morning, Father. Good morning, Henry. Well, goodbye. Henry, what do you mean, goodbye? What about your breakfast? I don't feel like any breakfast, Mother. Henry, don't be silly. I couldn't eat a bit, Father. Honest, I'm too... I'm not hungry. Hey, Henry. I'm coming, Homer. Henry, you can't go to school without eating. I'll eat an apple on the way. You are, Henry. 
you going to eat an apple right in front of me? Come on. <laughs> Boy, am I worried. Well, don't worry about it. If you haven't got two apples, she all understands. Homer, do you remember me saying anything about something my father asked me to do? What? You see the string tied on my finger? Well, I woke up this morning, and there it was, and I can't remember what I tied it on there for. Oh, that's easy, Henry. It was to remind you to do something. Sure it was. But I can't remember what. I can't even remember tying it on. Henry, you're in bad shape. I'll say. Right on top of my father lecturing me about my memory. Was it something you had to do for somebody else? Yeah. It must have been something for my father. He's the only one I was talking to last night. Concentrate, Henry. Concentrate. I'll say. Gee whiz, if I can't remember what it is, my father will never buy me that ring. Henry, didn't your father say anything at dinner about you not doing it? No, Homer, that's the awful part of it. He just looked at me. He did? That's terrible. All through dinner tonight, when he wasn't talking to Joe Graham... He just kept staring at me, at my hands. Your hands? Sure. He's so mad he can't look me straight in the eye. <laughs> I wish I could help you out, Henry. Say, maybe you could. My father's in the living room with Josie. Suppose you go in and ask him if there's anything he'd like you to do. Henry, are you crazy? What if there is? Well, <laughs> he might ask you to do the thing I'm supposed to remember to do. Then I'll do it. Well... Okay, you stay here. Don't act suspicious, though. Homer. I won't. Oh, my work's going just fine, thank you, Mr. Aldrich. Well, I'm glad to hear it, Joe. Oh, Homer. Oh, by the way, Mr. Aldrich, is there any little thing you'd like me to do? No, thank you. You can't think of a thing? <laughs> Not a single thing. That's funny. And now, Homer, I have something I'd like to discuss with Joe here. Sure, Mr. Aldrich. And if you think of anything, I wish you'd let me know. Nice boy. Yes. Now, Joe, here's what I want to ask you. I'm getting Henry a school ring for the Christmas present. I want to make sure I get it before they're all gone. Yes. But here's the catch. It has to be picked up in person at the school, and I don't want Henry or any of his friends to see me down there. They might suspect something. Well, I understand, Mr. Aldrich. And I wondered, Joe, if you'd mind running over to Central High tomorrow and getting one of those rings for me. Oh, no, sir. I wouldn't mind a bit. Oh, that's fine. Uh, another thing. I'd rather you didn't mention this to Mary. I want to be sure Henry well, doesn't find out, and I, I don't think... know. Oh, don't let me disturb you, Mr. Aldrich. Homer, what are you doing? Wait, I tell you. I just thought I'd straighten this plant a little. Go right on with what you were saying, Mr. Aldrich. Uh, Homer, I don't want to seem rude, but can't you please run along? Sure, Mr. Aldrich. Uh, just as soon as I tie my shoelace. You just forget I'm in the room. How can I do that? Well, I'll tie it real quietly. You just... Homer, will you please leave? Oh, gee whiz, I'd be glad to. And now then, Mr. Oh, uh, wait a minute, Joe. Until we're sure we're alone. Oh, boy. Did you find out, Did you find out what they were talking about? Boy, Henry, is your father unreasonable? You mean he's mad? I'll say. And all I could find out is he's asking Joe to do something for him. He is? Oh, boy, that means he's really mad. Homer, you stay here. I'll get Mary to help me. Mary! I'm in the dining room, Henry, and please don't bother me. I'm trying to get these dishes cleared away. Mary, you, 
You've got more influence with Joe Graham than I have. Won't you please ask him a simple question for me? What question? Just call him in here and ask him what father's been talking to him about. My goodness, is father talking about me? About you? Henry, he hasn't been showing Joe that photograph album, has he? Why, you... Oh, my goodness, Joe! I'll wait out here in the hall. Did you call me, Mary? Yes, I, uh... I thought you might like to keep me company while I wash the dishes. Well, I guess I could. Uh, the only thing is, your father and I were... were... What, Joe? Nothing. Joe, you started to say something. What were you and father talking about? I'm sorry, Mary. I'd like to tell you, but I can't. You mean it's a surprise? Yeah, that's what it is. Joe, isn't that sweet? I just love surprises. What's that? Oh, Joe. Uh, yes, Mr. Aldrich. Now, uh, one more thing about that ring, about getting the size. Oh, Mary. Father, did you say... Did you say... Uh, Mary, just forget what I said. Of course, Father, I didn't hear a thing. <laughs> Joe, could you come back into the living room a minute? Yes, Joe, you just go on. And my goodness, you talk as long as you want about... About... Thanks, Mary. Uh, what were you going to say, Mr. Aldrich? Wait until I close the door. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness, an engagement ring. Mother! Yes, dear? Mother, come here. You have all the plates, Sam. Mother, I'm so happy I could die. I can hardly believe it. Believe what? My goodness, after all these years, I thought it was never going to happen. Dear, what on earth are you talking about? Mary, no. Mother, yes. What? To Joe Graham. He's in there right now talking to Father. Mary. Mary, my little girl. Mother, are you coming? Of course not, dear. Mary, I want you to know how happy I am for you. Now I think I'd like to go and get something out of my eye. Come right back, Mother. We'll have to start planning everything. I don't know how I'll be able to stand this house without you. <laughs> that I don't appreciate your help. It's no trouble at all, dear. But don't you think we're rushing things a little? He hasn't even asked me yet. I know, dear, but since you'll be buying a house eventually, you should get an idea of the market so Joe will know what you're talking about. Well, I guess it can't do any harm to look. Here we are, dear. Go ahead. Thank you, Mother. Oh, my, look at the lovely picture. Oh, I like that stone house up there. Uh, yes, ladies, may I help you? Uh, this is the Crawford Real Estate Office, isn't it? Yes, indeed, I'm Mr. Crawford. How do you do? We were wondering what you had in the way of houses. Well, now... Just wait. a small house for two people. Oh, about five rooms? Well, let's see. Uh, may I have your name, please? Mrs. Uh, that is Miss... Mother, what do I tell him? Uh, I'm Mrs. Samuel Aldrich, and this is my daughter, Mary. Aldrich. Very well. Oh, say, I think I have just the thing for you. It's a little Cape Cod, stone and clabbered, and it's a beauty. Oh, goodness, it sounds perfectly wonderful. Oh. Just a moment, Mary, I'll do the talking. And Mr. Crawford, it sounds as though it might be satisfactory. Uh, how about the price? Oh, it's dirt cheap, Mrs. Aldrich. They're giving it away for $17,000. Mister $17, $17,000? Mr. Crawford, that's ridiculous. Come along, Mary. Mrs. Aldrich, you haven't even seen the house. Thank you very much for your trouble, but please forget the whole thing. But wait, you We were really just looking anyway, Mr. Crawford. He hasn't even asked me yet. I'm 
glad you dropped into the office, Will. I can't seem to keep my mind on work somehow. I can understand that. It'll take a while to get used to it. Mary seems so young, I just can't picture her getting married. Boy, that wedding will set you back something. Well, I don't mind that so much. I've been watching the pennies for a while, Will. I've managed to build up a nice little bank account. Yeah? Besides, I'm sure Mary will be sensible about it. I wouldn't count on it. They all want a big splash. Oh, I don't know, Will. Well, that's one consolation about Homer. When he gets married, someone else can worry about the bills. Uh, excuse me. Hello. Hello, is that Mr. Samuel Aldrich? Yes. Uh, this is Mr. Crawford. Who? Mr. Crawford, from the real estate office. Yes. I thought perhaps I'd better talk this thing over with you. What thing? About the house. Your wife apparently isn't aware that prices have gone up, and if you want a house... I don't want a house. I've got a house. But, Mr. Aldrich, your wife was in my office only yesterday. She was definitely interested in looking at a small house with about five rooms. What? And I found a little jewel for only 12000 Uh, Look, Mr. Crawford, suppose I get in touch with you. You'll do that? Yes, one way or the other. All right, sir. Well, Sam, what's happened? Is it bad news? Alice is out looking at houses. What for? She's been saying she didn't think she could stand our old house without Mary, but I didn't think she meant it literally. Well, you just said you have a nice bank account. Not that nice. the troubles of Henry Aldrich. Hoping to get a school ring, Henry is desperately trying to remember something his father asked him to do. Mr. Aldrich, however, has already sent Joe Graham down to the school to get the ring as a Christmas present for Henry. And Mary believes Joe is buying her an engagement ring. It's the next day, and the scene opens in the Aldrich backyard. Henry! Hey, Henry, where are you? I'm in the backyard, Homer. Where'd you disappear to? I've been around in front, resting on the porch. Resting? Sure. Don't you think I get tired watching you do all this work? <laughs> well, then you better go away again, Homer, because I'm going to finish beating these rugs. If you ask me, Henry, you're going to kill yourself doing all this work. But don't you get it, Homer? If I do all the things my parents usually ask me to do, I'm sure to do it. Do what? Gee whiz, the thing I can't remember to do. Stand back. But, Henry, I've got some news for you. Something I just found out from Willie. What? Well, you know how Willie's in charge of selling school rings? Yeah. Well, your father just bought one for Joe Graham. Homer, you're crazy. I am not. Joe went down to the school today and got a ring, and he gave Willie a check from your father. He did? Well, well, gee, what's wrong with that? Joe used to go to Central High, didn't he? Well, sure. Oh, gee, that... That's only natural. Joe's going to be a part of the family. My father has a perfect right to buy him a school ring. Instead of buying one for you? Sure. It isn't every day a family gets a new son. Gee, do you suppose Joe will be moving into your room? You think so? Well, he's certainly welcome to it. Look, Ken, there's lots of room over at my house. No, thank you, Homer. I wouldn't think of forcing myself on anybody. Henry, where are you going? Don't worry about me, Homer. I'll, I'll be all right. Boy. Boy, am I mad. Where's that carpet beater? <laughs>
May I show you something in snow shovels? Uh, no, thank you. I was wondering if you carried pear trees. Oh, yes, indeed. The Emporium carries everything. And if we don't, we can get it for you. Oh, well, that's fine. Uh, can you send six pear trees up to my home right away? Right away? Uh, yes, my wife's been wanting some for years. Oh, but this is December. Well, I thought this was as good a time as any to get them in. They'll keep until spring if I cover them over with earth. They will? Oh, of course they will. Although you know that pear trees are quite expensive. They cost considerably less than $12,000. Oh, yes, uh, considerably. Oh, and do you have paint in this department? Uh, yes, sir. Uh, how much would you like? Uh, enough to paint a house. Uh, what kind of a house? Well, it's quite a large one and very comfortable. As a matter of fact, I'm very attached to it. Oh, is that so? Oh, say, I just thought of something else she's been wanting. Yes? I'll be back in a minute. Oh, first, could you direct me to the rug department? <laughs> And as soon as I can, Homer, I'm going to send back this suitcase to my father. Will you hand me that pile of socks on the dresser, please? Oh, I have. Never mind, I'll get them. Never mind. Here they are. Thank you. One of them needs mending. Huh? I'll just throw in a needle and some thread. Might as well get used to doing my own mending. Henry, why run away now? Why not at least wait till after Christmas? No, Homer, my mind's made up. I'm leaving just as soon as I have dinner. Henry, have you any idea how tough it is on the road? I won't be begging, Homer. I'll be working my way. Working? What at? I'll find something. At least I have an education. Yeah, but... And I'm not a child, you know. Your suitcase is getting pretty full. That's what I was thinking. I guess I'll have to throw out my rock collection. <laughs> Throwing your rocks away? Hope you don't think I'm going to leave them around for Joe Graham. Henry, did I tell you I'm pretty interested in rocks? You are? Well, that is, if you're running away. In that case, Homer, here. They're yours. Gee, Henry, you're giving them to me? Gee, you shouldn't. Oh, nothing of it. Can you reach up on the wall there, please, Homer, and hand me Kathleen's picture? Look at her, Henry. Look at her smiling at you. Just hand it to me, Homer. Look what she's written on it. To Henry, yours truly, Kathleen Anderson. <laughs> Just think of how she's going to feel. Think of the spring prom, Henry. Now listen, Homer. Is that our doorbell? Sure. Why should you worry about it? I guess I'll answer it, though. It's the least I can do for my family on my last night. Can I start taking my rocks out of your suitcase? Sure. Help yourself. Oh, hi, Henry. Gee whiz, Joe, I haven't even left yet. I beg your pardon? Well, come on in. Thanks. I just want to say, Joe, no hard feelings. About what? You know, everything. Oh. Well, no hard feelings here, either. Naturally. Is your father around? I think I heard him come in a little while ago. Joe Graham? Is that you? Hello, Mr. Aldrich. Well, well, it's nice to see you. I'll just go on back upstairs. Here, let me take your coat, Joe. Oh, thank you, sir. Mr. Aldrich, I, uh, I thought I'd drop over with Henry's ring. Oh, good. Thank you. I guess you'll be buying one or two more before long, eh? What's that? I suppose we go into the living room and have a little chat. All right. Well, well, sit down, son. Thank you, sir. 
Well. Well. Well, Joe. Yes, Mr. Aldrich? Oh, just call me... Well, no, there's no point in rushing things, I guess. No. No, there isn't. Rushing what, sir? Let me put it this way. Mary's a fine girl, Joe. A fine girl. Oh, yes, I like her very much. Naturally. Well, I guess I'll be running along now. Oh, nonsense, Joe. We'll be having dinner in a few minutes. You're just in time. But I was here for dinner two nights ago. Well, things are a little different now. Aren't they, son? They are? (laughs) Now, let me give you a word of advice, Joe. You and Mary will get along fine as long as you remember a few simple rules. We get along all right. Yes, but wait until you see how she irons your shirts. What's that? It runs in the family, Joe. They just can't iron shirts. Now, you take my advice and send them out to the laundry. But my mother irons my shirts. Oh, and that's another thing. Don't ever mention your mother. No? Your mother can't do a thing. Remember that. She can't cook. She can't mend. And above all, she can't keep house. Mr. Aldrich, my mother's a fine woman. Why, yes, Joe, and so is mine. But you'll have to choose between them. I will? Uh (laughs) Uh-huh. And that about covers it. Oh. But I'd just like to say, Joe... I'm not losing a daughter. Mother! Uh, yes, Mary? Mother says dinner is almost... Oh. Hello, Mary. Why... Why, Joe. Hello, Joe. My goodness. Yes, Mary? Joe, I want you to know that I'm starting cooking school on Monday. And I'm also very good at darning socks. You are? Yes, indeed. You'll never have to worry about your socks in the future. You mean Mary's going to darn them? Of course, Joe. But my goodness, here I am doing all the talking. Oh, before you forget, Joe, uh, where's the ring? What? Oh, here it is, Mr. Oldridge. Oh, thank you, Joe. I really didn't want you to know about it, Mary, but now that you and Joe... Well, it's a Christmas present for Henry. Don't you think he'll like it? A school ring? Joe, is that what you and Father were talking about the other night? Why, Sure. Oh, oh my goodness. Is something wrong, Mary? No, I thought I heard you in here. Oh, good evening, Mrs. Aldrich. How are you? I'm fine, thank you. And isn't it nice having... Joe, come on. Where? Anywhere, just come on. Mary, have you been saying anything about my mother? (laughs) Alice, does it strike you Mary's acting very strangely? I hadn't noticed. What I'm wondering about is that phone call. What phone call? From the Emporium. A man phoned a while ago and asked if I wanted the rugs delivered tomorrow. Oh, uh, Alice, I've been meaning to speak to you about that. I ordered those new rugs you've been wanting for the living room in front hall. You what? Also six pear trees and enough paint to do the whole house inside and out. Sam! And I thought we might redecorate the upstairs the way you wanted. Sam, you darling. You're pleased, Alice? Pleased? I've never been so surprised and happy in my whole life. You mean you'll reconsider about the new house? What new house? By the one you've been looking at. Here, I never wanted a new house. What? Well, now, look. And excuse me, I want to call the Emporium and tell them to send those rugs. Alice, wait. Oh, oh, I'm sorry, Henry. Did I knock you over? Not entirely. Listen, Father, I, I started thinking about the spring prom and a few things, and then I smelled the stew Mother's cooking for supper, and... I'd like to make you a proposition, Father. A proposition? Yes, sir. From today on, I'll polish the car twice a week, and I'll get up at 6 o'clock every morning to stoke the furnace. You what? And besides, I'll shovel all the walks and carry out the ashes. What would you think of that? I'd think I was dreaming. 
Well, it's a deal, Father. Shay. Shay? Shay. And, uh, Henry, while this was supposed to be a Christmas present, under the circumstances, I think I'd like you to have it now. Father, my school rang. You like it, son? Like it? Boy! And, Father, I finally remembered what you wanted me to do, I think. I wanted you to do something? Sure, you wanted me to burn that pile of bushes in the backyard. What? And it's all taken care of. Henry, my pear tree! Does anybody know where Mary is? Father, are you in the living room? Yes, Henry, I'm writing out checks. I've got the car polished, Father. Oh, boy, does does my back ache. There, that's the last one. Now, could you tell me where Mary is? I don't know where she is. Why? Well, Joe Graham just dropped off this bundle of old socks. What's that? He said Mary would take care of them. Just a taste of jello puddings, and believe me, you will know. They are made by famous J-E-L-L-O. This is NBC, the national broadcasting company. Stay tuned for My Favorite Husband, starring Lucille Ball, next on Theater of the Mind. You're listening to Theater of the Mind on Zoomer Radio, AM 740 and 96.7 FM in downtown Toronto. And now, My Favorite Husband, starring Lucille Ball. It's time for My Favorite Husband, starring Lucille Ball. Hello, everybody. <laughs> Yes, it's the new Gay Family series starring Lucille Ball with Richard Denning. Brought to you by the Jell-O family of dessert. And now Lucille Ball with Richard Denning as Liz and George Cooper. Two people who live together and like it. As we look in on the Coopers tonight, George is on his way to work and is about to drop Liz off at Finley's Bookstore where she's going to practice that quaint American custom known as exchanging your Christmas presents. You know, I'm really lucky, George. This book you gave me is the only present I have to exchange. Sorry. I guess I forgot which size book you wore. Oh, don't be silly. It's just not the kind of book I like, that's all. I have no interest in it. Well, then uh, why did you wait two weeks to exchange it? It took me that long to read it. Yes, <laughs> that's cheating. No, it isn't. If I didn't read it and find out I didn't like it, how could I tell whether I wanted to keep it or not? Uh, there must be an answer to that. Oh, there's Finley, honey. I get off here. Well, goodbye, baby. Aren't you going to kiss me goodbye? Oh, oh, wait a minute. Oh, George, you don't have to get out and come all the way around and open the door for me. Oh, I wasn't going to. My coat was caught in the door. <laughs> Thank you, Sir Walter Raleigh. Well, goodbye. See you at night. Hey! You forgot to kiss me! Oh. Oh. Good morning, Mrs. Cooper. Good morning, Mrs. Finley. I wonder if I could exchange this book my husband bought me for Christmas. Well, I think so. What's the matter? Didn't you like it? No. I mean, I didn't read it. (laughs) Well, I'll take it back. Thanks. Here's your book. Thanks. Here's your bookmark. (laughs) I wonder how that got in there Mm -hmm. 
They're sneaky little things. <laughs> now, here's a new book I think you'd like. It's a historical novel, and is it spicy? Look at that cover. Hmm. It does have a plunging book jacket, doesn't it? <laughs> and it's just as good inside. Wow! <laughs> you read it? Half of it. I had to quit. It kept steaming up my glasses. <laughs> hey, say, here's just the book for you. It's about marriage. The Second Ten Years of the Hardest by Thomas J. Crendleston. Well, I certainly don't need it. George and I have been married 11 years and we're very happy. Mm, he's got a whole list of danger signs that tell if your hubby's losing interest. No, no. You see? Here. Does your husband read the newspaper at the breakfast table? Look, if George ever lost interest, I certainly wouldn't need a book to tell me. What was that? <laughs> Does your husband read the newspaper at the breakfast table? Absolutely not. And what of it? <laughs> Did Mr. Cooper read the paper when you were first married? Well, no. Because we were holding hands all the time. He didn't start reading till he learned how to turn the page with his nose. <laughs> Fred, if you don't want this book, let's see what we Wait can... Wait a minute, Mrs. Finley. What else does that dope have to say? <laughs> Number two. Does your husband remember to kiss you goodbye? Hmm. <laughs> What's the next thing? <laughs> does your husband still open the car door for you? Wrap that book up, Mrs. Finley. That man knows what he's talking about. Mrs. Cooper, what in the world is that book you've had your nose in all day? It's a very enlightening book about marriage, Katie. It gives a test to see if your husband is indifferent and a test to see if he's unfaithful. Well, what if he isn't indifferent and isn't unfaithful? Well, then he gives a third test to see if he's alive. <laughs> you certainly don't need it. I've never seen a happier couple than you and Mr. Cooper. Well, we'll see. If George passes the test, I may keep him. Well, that's big of you. Here's the test for indifference. Listen. You can tell your husband is indifferent by any of the following signs. A. He doesn't stand up when you enter the room. There goes half the marriages in the country. <laughs> B. He doesn't remember your anniversary. There goes the other half. <laughs> C. He has stopped doing nice little things for you, such as picking up a handkerchief or other items you may drop. What do you think George's score will be, Katie? You're not going to actually test him out, are you? I certainly am. Tonight after dinner, I'm going to walk into the living room, drop my handkerchief, and say, George, do you know what day this is? No. Yes. And if George doesn't leap out of his chair, pick up my handkerchief and say, our anniversary, watch out. Wait a minute. Today isn't your anniversary. I know it. But does George know it? <laughs> we'll find out. Peek into the living room, Katie. Is George sitting down yet? Yes, he's reading the paper. Good. I can't expect him to stand up when I enter the room if he's not sitting down to start with. See? Well, here I go. Hi, George. Hmm? Hi, George. Hi, Liz. 
Well? Well, what? I just entered the room through that door. Well, that beats coming down the chimney. <laughs> yes, doesn't it? Well? Well, what? Why don't you sit down, Liz? Why don't you stand up? Well, why should I? Is someone playing the Star Spangled Banner? No. You want to see who's tallest? No. Oh, I know. You want to get this chair. Huh. Well, nothing doing. I was here first. And besides, my shoes are too tight. Well, don't just stand there looking at me, Liz. Come on, sit down. Make yourself at home. All right. I will. Oh, Liz, you dropped your handkerchief. I did? Yes. There it is. Uh, right down by my feet. Thank you. So oh, wait a minute before you pick it up, Liz. Yes? While you're down there, will you untie my shoelace? <laughs> George Cooper, I hate you. What's the matter with you, Liz? Were you under the dryer too long today? I'll give you one more chance. George Cooper, do you know what day this is? Oh. Uh, of course I do, dear. I bet you thought I'd forgotten. What? I have a present for you right here in the desk drawer. Heavens, it is something I've forgotten. Here you are, darling. Many happy returns of the day. Well, thank you. Uh, what's it for? Happy anniversary, honey. This is not our anniversary. Oh, it isn't? I mean, of course it isn't. Happy birthday, darling. It's not my birthday, either. Valentine's Day? <laughs> no, try Groundhog Day. <laughs> No, never mind. I give up, Liz. Oh, what day is it? It isn't any day. And what's this box of candy you had all wrapped up? Well, I've had that in the desk for three years. <laughs> three years? What for? So I'd be ready in case you suddenly said, do you know what day this is? <laughs> well, that's a sneaky trick. I don't get this whole thing, Liz. It isn't any special day. It is, too. It's the day I found out you don't care about me anymore. Liz, what's the matter with you? Don't speak to me, you can't. Did you want to see me, Mr. Atterbury? Yes, yes. Come in, George boy. Is something troubling you? Yes, sir. Well, don't walk around with such a worried look on your face. The bank examiners are coming today. <laughs> I'll try to do better, sir. Well, if you can't look cheerful, at least stay down in the vault where they, when they're here. <laughs> yes, sir. What, uh, what seems to be the trouble, boy? Oh, it's Liz. She's acting very strange. Strange for Liz or strange for a normal person? <laughs> now, strange for Liz. Yeah. No wonder you're worried, boy What are her symptoms? Oh, real goofy She'll, she'll walk into a room and drop her handkerchief And if I don't pick it up, she cries Last night she made a big scene Because I didn't remember it wasn't our anniversary Oh, she's going through that phase That phase? Yes, the You don't love me anymore phase All women go through it 
even iris. Really? Yes. Yes, it happens around the time they decide to finally admit they've reached 30. About uh, their 35th birthday. <laughs> uh, but it's easily handled. Well, uh, what shall I do? Ignore her? No, on the contrary. Make her feel important. Shower her with affection. Romance her. That's what I did with Iris. Yeah, how did you do it? I forced myself. <laughs> How will I go about it? Oh, well, when you go home tonight, take her some flowers. Oh, flowers, huh? Yes. And then, just as she's recovering from the shock of the flowers, you suddenly announce that you're taking her out to dinner and dancing. What, do you think it'll work? Go home and try it, boy. You'll be surprised. Mrs. Cooper, are you still reading that book? Yes. Last night I found out George was disinterested. Now I'm finding out why. What does the book say? Well, according to Crandleston, a husband may be disinterested for any of the following reasons. A. Now this is funny. He feels inferior to you because you have a greater mentality. (laughs) Well, it isn't that funny. (laughs) Sorry. B. Perhaps there's another... Woman? Oh, now that's ridiculous, not Mr. Cooper. Another woman, huh? As long as you've been married, he never even looked at anyone else. Another woman, huh? Oh, Mrs. Cooper, you're being silly. Well, we'll find out. Look at this next paragraph. Some sure signs of unfaithfulness. What are they? You can tell that your husband is unfaithful by any one of the following signs. A. If for no reason at all, he brings home a gift like a bouquet of flowers. Well, I've never seen Mr. Cooper bring you flowers. Well, lucky for him is all I can say. You're safe there. I'm not through yet. B, if your husband suddenly starts romancing you and suggests dinner and dancing. There you are. He passes 100%. Yeah. I guess you're right, Katie. I'm getting all excited over nothing. You know, I should be happy. I've got good old, dull old George. (laughs) Bonnie, I'm home. Sorry, blows. Old faithful. (laughs) I know just what he'll do, Katie. What? He'll come in, give me a peck on the cheek, read his paper, eat dinner, and fall asleep in his easy chair. (laughs) He ain't much, but he's all mine. (laughs) Well, I'll go put dinner on. Hello, George. My darling. Oh, my beautiful wife, you, you look ravishing. Who, me? <laughs> you, my little baby doll. Come on, give me a great big kiss. What are you holding behind your... Oh. <laughs> oh. oh, George. <laughs> what are you holding behind your back? It's a surprise for you. Close your eyes. What is it? Close your eyes. They're closed. Open. Flowers. Yes. Uh, how do you like them? <laughs> hey, hey, what, what is this anyway? Oh, George, how could you bring me flowers? <laughs> because I love you. And that's not all. I've made arrangements to go to dinner and dancing tonight. <laughs> you monster! 
What? Oh, Liz, w- w- will you please give me an explanation? Yes, I'll be glad to. Well, what is it? Don't ever speak to me. That's what is it. <laughs> And now back to Lucille Ball in My Favorite Husband. Well, it's the next morning, and Liz Cooper is feeling pretty blue because of, quote, another woman, unquote, in George's life. Katie the maid is commiserating with her. Mr. Cooper's actions last night convinced me you were right about that other woman, Mrs. Cooper. Oh, I guess men are just plain no good. You're right, Katie. But unfortunately, there's nothing else to marry. <laughs> well, uh, here he comes. Good morning, Liz. Uh, good morning, Katie. <laughs> Look, Liz, a- at least you might give me an explanation. I haven't done anything. <laughs> <laughs> Katie, what is this? I haven't done anything. He hasn't done anything. Huh? <laughs> I knew that too, you know. Thomas J. Crandleston certainly had you, Pig. Who? Never mind. Oh, I'm going to make a phone call. Suit yourself. Who do you suppose he's calling, Katie? I wouldn't know. Hello, Iris. Is Mr. Atterbury there? Uh, no, he's gone, George boy. Well, I'll see him. Wait a minute. Iris, you're Liz's best friend. Now, has she talked to you about something awful I've done? No, she hasn't. But I'm glad you called. What did you do? (laughs) Well, that's that's just it. I I haven't done anything. Oh, nuts. She's acting awful strange. Maybe you could figure it out. Well, tell me all about it. Well, I, I can't right now. I'm phoning from home. Uh, can't we meet someplace? Let's have lunch together. We, we could meet at the restaurant. Down... Katie, the way he closed the door so I wouldn't hear, do you suppose he's calling her? Oh, he would not right under your nose. Uh, you're right. It's just a business call. Why are you opening the door? Shh. I don't think he's getting enough air in there. Ow. All right, then. We'll meet there for lunch. Oh, it is a business acquaintance. Well, I'd better go. Liz will be getting suspicious. Oh, I wouldn't want her to know we were meeting like this. What? Oh, you don't know how much this means to me. You're a real sweetheart. Oh, Katie, it is the other woman. I wonder who the home-wrecking Hazzy is. Oh, some gorgeous, attractive young doll. I'm too old to hold him. Well, I'll see you at lunchtime, Iris. Iris! Oh, no! Iris Atterbury, my best friend. She stabbed me in the back right under my nose. (laughs) I'll take care of her. What are you going to do? I'm going down to see Mr. Atterbury. Do you think you should? Why not? He's in this triangle, too. And we hypotenuses got to stick together. (laughs) Mr. Atterbury, 
I'm sorry to bother you with the bank like this, but something awful has happened. Why, Liz, girl, you're crying. <laughs> now sit down and tell me what's wrong. I just found out that... <laughs> I just found out that... <laughs> I just found out that... <laughs> Don't go all the way back to the beginning each time. <laughs> Start with found out. Uh, found out that George. Uh... Oh, it's getting closer. Now start with George. George. George has another woman in his life. Liz, what are you saying? I just found out. Oh, don't go all the way back there again. <laughs> I heard what you said. How could he do a thing like this? Now, Liz, there's no sense getting excited about this. Be calm. We'll figure it out. You know who it is. Yes. I overheard them making a lunch date this morning. Be calm, calm, calm. Now, now who is it? Iris. Well, the thing to do is... <laughs> Iris? about it, Mr. Atterbury? I'm going to fire him. I wouldn't have anyone with such poor judgment working for me. Why would he ever give me up for her? Iris and George, I can't believe it. You know what that young upstart needs? Glasses? <laughs> Besides that, a good thrashing. You said they were having lunch together where? I don't know. Come on. We'll go to every restaurant in town. Mr. Atterbury, mm. when we find George, will you do me a favor? What? Give me first crack at him. <laughs> oh, George. Sorry I'm late. Oh, that's all right, Iris. <sighs> now, tell me all about it. Well, Iris, I've been mulling it over and... Well, I think Liz has a guilty conscience. I, I think she's interested in another man. Really? I mean, really? <laughs> oh, Georgie, you're jumping to conclusions. Mm -hmm. So suppose I tell you I even know his name. No. Yeah, she, she let it drop this morning by mistake. Who is it? Thomas J. Crandleston. Has she ever mentioned him to you? Not a measly word. I'll never tell her anything as long as I... Uh-oh. Look, George. Coming in the door. It's Liz. And there's a man with her. You were right. Can you see who it is? No, no wait a minute. It's Mr. Atterbury. Oh, no. Rudolph and Liz. No wonder she didn't tell me. Ah, there they are, Liz. I see them. George. Liz. You and Mr. Atterbury. Iris. Well, if it isn't Rudolph, the red-nosed philanderer. <laughs> now, just a minute, Iris. You can't bluff your way out of this. Shameless. <laughs> Now, 
Thomas J. Crandleton. What? I, I think you owe me an explanation, Liz. I owe you an explanation. After I find you in a love nest with an old crow. <laughs> oh, crow! Now, now, no, just a minute. I happen to love that old crow. <laughs> and you're no spring chicken yourself. Don't forget those red feathers are all dark at the quills. <laughs> Don't you talk to Liz that way, fatso. <laughs> Why, you washed-out Casanova, you? I'll teach you to run off with my wife. Your wife? Do you think I'm crazy? <laughs> you ran off with my wife. Your wife? Do you think I'm crazy? <laughs> I heard you make a date with Iris. Well, I was trying to find out why you'd been acting like an idiot. Me? Yes, and while we're on the subject, I suppose Atterbury isn't Thomas J. Crandleston. Well? Thomas J. Crandleston? You thought that he... Oh, oh, oh. Sit down, everybody. Oh, I have a story to tell you. Once upon a time, there was an idiot named Liz Cooper. (laughs) (laughs) Well... We finally got that straightened out. <laughs> that whole mess just because I forgot to open the car door for Liz. <laughs> well, Liz was perfectly right. You tell him, Iris. Well, here's my car. Uh, after you, John. Hey! Hey! George! Wait for us! No, no, no! Oh, Chad, we've forgotten them again. Oh, uh, I'll turn around. Don't be a fool! Keep driving, boys! Head for the border! <laughs> Yes, Lucille? Where to this evening? Bob, we're going to whip back through the years to some of the greatest moments in history. Tonight, we'll see what happened when Napoleon met Josephine. Okay. Will I be Napoleon? Yeah, let's try it that way. (laughs) I'm too tall for the part. Here we go, Wilbur. Hi, Josephine. Hi, Nap. Let's cut a rug. Why? I always wanted to cut a rug with a short nap. But I must leave for the Battle of Waterloo Can't we sit this last one out? Well, okay, we can hold hands You mean hold hands? No, I mean hold hand You always keep your other hand stuck in your coat What happened? Did you break a strap on your underwear? No You got a dishpan hand? No Are you keeping the baby chick warm? No, you'll never guess. Well, give me a hint. All right. It comes in six delicious flavors. Strawberry, raspberry, cherry, orange, lemon, and lime. Yes. Mm. What could it be? (laughs) The flavors are locked in so they can't get out till your first delectable spoonful. Gee, I know it as well as I know my own sponsor. <laughs> Look for the big red letters on the box. They spell J. Go on. E. Uh, let me take a look. L. L. Got it? No. Let me take a peek. 
Ooh. Ooh, Jello. Yes, and Jello spells a treat. The heck with Waterloo. I, Napoleon, the Emperor of France, will stay here and have Jello with you. Wee oui, wee. Oui? Woo. Good night, Nappy. Good night. You have been listening to My Favorite Husband, starring Lucille Ball with Richard Denning, and based on characters created by Isabel Scott Rorick. Tonight's program was produced and directed by Jess Oppenheimer, who wrote the script with Madeline Pugh and Bob Carroll, Jr. Be sure to listen to Lucille Ball and My Favorite Husband again next week, presented by... J-E-L-L Thank you for listening. Tomorrow night, it's Inner Sanctum, followed by Edgar Bergen and Charlie McCarthy. Thanks to Joel Schoenwell for technical support. The executive producer of Theater of the Mind is Moses Neimer. I'm Frank Proctor. Have a great evening. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.